All right. Uh, you guys, I've prayed probably more times or among as many times for you in regard to this message than just about any other message I've given because it's just been on my heart so much that all of our men and women have victory in this area. The name of this message is Kill Porn. Kill Porn Before It Kills You. Okay? Kill Porn Before It Kills You. And uh, some people think, oh, well, that, you mean he's preaching more to the men? No. Women, believe it or not, have... A, when I was studying this, man, it, it, and every time I've studied it and it comes up, the, the percentage of women that watch, look at porn, it's disgusting. It's just it's not as be- much as the men, but it's a number I would never, you know, that, that shocks me. Uh, but we're doing a message uh, called uh, Kill Porn Before It Kills You. You could go to 1 Timothy chapter 5 right now. We'll be looking at those verses in a couple few minutes here. But, uh, and man, I'm seeing a couple... Lions shirts over there, man. I should be praying for you guys too. You know, <laughs> I'm just teasing my sister Kathy and 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 my brother-in-law Buck. Uh, he's from Michigan, so we understand the faithfulness. After all these years, at least your team made the playoffs. Now I think it's my team, the last team to make the playoffs. Uh, guys, this is such a serious issue because porn kills, and you need to kill porn in your life before it kills you before it kills your family, before it hurts other people. And it's not a sin where you can say, well, it's just affecting me. You know, if you're a professing Christian, you're supposed to be part of the body of Christ. So what you do affects the rest of the body of Christ. If you're immersed in it and refusing to repent of it, then you have to call in the question radically whether you're truly a Christian or not. Because Christians are those who follow Christ, amen, not follow porn. Now, man, this is one of those messages where I want to be standing up. You know, I'm... I'm, I, we'll see what happens, because I'm getting fired up already, you know? This is such a serious issue, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, and it's, it's promoted everywhere. There is a new streaming television show that has made its debut last week uh, on Prime Video, and it's called Has Been Hotel, Has Been Hotel, and it just came with a big explosion where there's, you know, it's the number two, maybe number one now, but last we looked, it was number two uh, watched streaming video on Amazon Prime, which is one of the biggest servers. Of, uh, and it's totally disgusting. It's totally uh, demonic. And uh, the girl that, you know, her creative idea, she's been in the demonology for years since she was young. She says she likes demonology. But guess what? Hasbin Hotel is about a hotel in hell that you go to, and this hotel you can go to, and she wants to help redeem your souls. Not through Christ, not through repentance uh, and knowing Jesus, but just, and she's the daughter of Satan, by the way, and she's a she-demon. And the very introduction, in case you want to see just the introduction, it's like a two-minute introduction or so. Chad and I did a whole show on it last week, and it aired this, this Friday. We got it out the shoot pretty quick. I had different people in the fellowship asking me about it. And we deal with popular culture because it's what people are into. And you should be aware of what people are into so you know how to witness to them, amen? And you have answers. And Has Been Hotel, uh, it starts off by showing Lucifer's fall. But he's like a, presented as a freedom fighter for free will, you know. And his wife, Lilith, which is the name of a female demon in uh, the occult and, 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 and Jewish mysticism and so forth, and actually the name, as Chad brings out in our show, uh, a, a, a sea monster representing, I believe, satanic beings in Isaiah. Now, it's interesting. 
uh, because it presents him as such and it presents them deceiving Eve or telling Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit with Lucifer because they believe in free will and they want people to have freedom, you know? And uh, well, she had free will and they had freedom. They could choose from any of the trees of the garden. Thank, thank you, Jesus. But just don't choose to do evil. Don't choose to be destructive and disobey and rebel against God. That's evil. Anyway, uh, then, you know, hell's there and God's angels are like depicted as with halos, but also demonic horns and they're evil. And Lucifer is, is presented as heroic in the introduction. And, and uh, the, the she-devil, his daughter, is also presented as heroic. But the reason I bring this up in a message called Porn Kills, or Kill Porn Before It Kills You, is one of the major characters in, in the show is uh, named Angel Dust, which is PCP in the past, which is a very deadly drug, which empower you demonically. People would break chains and, or break cuffs or whatever uh and that's and it's a porn star in the in the in the in the tv show and it glamorizes porn constant filth a lot of cussing even the angels the good angels are more foul mouths than the bad angels you know so it inverts everything uh there's a scene where they're singing happy day in hell and there's a uh a porn star being raped you know this is like and how many young people are going to fall, fall upon this how many young people are going to start watching this is this the stuff God wants us to be immersing our hearts and minds with? The Bible says the evil man from the evil stored up in his heart brings forth evil. The good man from the good that's stored up in his heart brings forth good. Garbage in, garbage out. And it will have more of a tax and effect than you realize. Now, I'm letting you know this because guess what? So many, probably in time, millions of kids possibly will hap upon this. Oh, well, it's an adult cartoon. Come on. What happens with the young people? I know when I was a young person, you know, I was attracted to all that stuff, and they end up watching it, and they cater it often these shows towards young people. They know that's a big part of their audience. And man, it's not the same world we lived in just 10 years ago, is it? It's becoming incredibly, incredibly dark. So you can watch that show, and we talk about the porn aspect just a little bit. But by the way, one of their major characters is... You know, basically he has a shadow self that helps him travel, and it's like his true self. It's like his shadow self, and, and he's able to get in touch with other shadows. I thought, wow, that's a lot. When I read that, because I started looking at this guy's skill set and his magic, and I go, oh, that's like Crowley. He has what they call the shadow self, a lot of Crowleyites, that would be his true self. And that would be what we call the fallen nature, the sinful nature that we're supposed to crucify and count dead, Amen. But he said, get in touch with your true self and do what thou wilt, right? And guess what the character's name is? Alester. Okay, you guys, this is all the whole Crowley and Link's there again, you know. It's just Satanism uh, being promoted. Uh, so, you guys, it's important to realize there's a bombardment of, of not just occultism, but pornography, which Satan uses. I mean, Satan's church in the end time, in contrast to the bride of Christ, is called the whore of Babylon, Okay. And the Bible talks about the spirit of harlotry. Satan uses pornography. He uses sexual sin. And he uses all these different things. And there's an, a saying that's been around for some time, and I'm thank God I was the eye to this, but as I've been studying recently, it's, it's a saying that the internet is porn. Never heard that before. I'm like, and I started seeing, that's, wow, that's used a lot. The internet is porn. I'm like, yeah, because Instagram, how many of you can surf the web and just go through Instagram and not see a bunch of women's bus coming out of their, you know, whatever, right? I don't even have an Instagram account, you know? We do through a good fight and so forth, but I just, 
You know, it's a lot easier not to be involved in this stuff and not get, get addicted to porn than you think. You know what you do? You just follow Jesus, man. You just get serious about every day following Jesus and doing his will and being serious about Jesus and loving him more than you love yourself and denying yourself and following him. But I know it's a problem, okay? And I know it's a temptation. I know men and some women uh, are battling this and uh, so forth. And uh, so I want to address it. And I address it with, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying for you guys. You know, any man that would have any kind of addiction, because I don't want you to be destroyed. I don't want your family to be destroyed. I don't want you to destroy uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is such a serious, serious ordeal that you are not addicted to pornography. And the reason I'm on this is because we are in 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, verses 1 and 2 on our Wednesday night studies. We're going verse by verse. And I covered the first verse and a half pretty quickly, you know, maybe in a, uh, well, I think in one service, and it was called We Are a Family. But I reserved the last part of verse 2 for last Wednesday, this Sunday, and I'll probably be dealing with, uh, and last Wednesday it was more on adultery, which pornography is a form of adultery, but I want to deal with pornography on Sunday. So I've been on this for a little bit, and I believe it's the Lord's timing for our fellowship. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, Paul writes to Timothy, who is a young pastor. He tells Timothy in 2 Timothy, flee youthful lust. He knows that Timothy will struggle. But he wants him to be victorious. He needs to be above reproach. And also in last week's study, last Wednesday's study, I go into the background in the Greco-Roman world where anything went sexually for so many in the Greco-Roman world. I mean, a lot of people, I point out, knew that the Greeks were in homosexuality, but a lot of people don't know that they were, their form of homosexuality that they pursued was pedestry, pedophilia, and it was sanctioned in Greek culture. And it's just disgusting but look at verse 1. Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father. To, to the younger men as brothers. So Timothy, treat the older men as fathers with respect. The younger men as your brothers. We're family. Verse 2. The older women as mothers. The older women in the fellowship, you treat them with respect as your mothers. All very important. But, I wanted to, but I've really been honing in on this because I felt it was so important for not just the fellowship, but for the church at large. And I know we reach, uh, a chat tells me that there's thousands, over a thousand comments just in our live stream when people are commenting on the message or watching by live stream usually. So uh, I know there's a lot of people watching that love Jesus and we love you guys and praise God. Let's stand together in this. If you're struggling in this area, you know people who are, you might get them this, this, this message because I believe there's going to be a lot of things in this message to help you have victory. But verse 2, the older women you're supposed to treat as mothers, and the younger women as what? Sisters. sisters. In all what? Purity. In all purity. And I really dived into the meaning of that verse and, and, and application and, and so forth in last Wednesday's message. But I want to just stop here in the beginning in this and, and say, you guys, we're supposed to be treating the older women in the fellowship as mothers. Amen. The Bible warns against undressing your mother. And your sisters, or the ladies in the fellowship, the younger sisters, the younger ladies, are supposed to treat them as what? Sisters. The Bible warns about looking at the nakedness of your sisters. Isn't that interesting? In fact, uh, the scriptures say, and I think this is quite interesting, well, the Bible doesn't really even address pornography. Oh, yeah, it does. Leviticus 18, 17. Thou shalt not uncover the nakedness of a woman. And her daughter, 
Neither shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. Okay? And it's referring there to even because, you know, incestuous type things, even beginning with nakedness is a sin. Okay? And this is very, very important that we get this because God wants you to reserve a woman's nakedness to herself and only if you marry her. Amen? Well, when can I look at my... Well, as soon as you're married, then you can look at your wife's nakedness. And you're called to delight yourself in the book of Proverbs and her breast. Well, I can't believe you're saying this from the pulpit. It's in the Bible. We need to talk about these things. God invented sex. Amen? Sex, he created everything, and it was good. He made Adam and Eve sexual beings. Amen? And he said it was good. Sex was perfectly good, beautiful, in its rightful place. Amen? But it's when you twist it. That's what Satan does. He perverts everything. Amen? We need to make sure we get this right. In fact, go to 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And I know I looked at the clock. I'm like, man, I only have five minutes to preach, you know? But I'm like, no, I got more than that. But I'm like, Lord, have mercy on me. Help, help me get this done. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. And this is not a message I wanted to hurry through by any means. Then it happened in the spring, at the time when kings go to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Rabban, or Rabbah. But David, what? Stayed at Jerusalem. What did kings do in those days when they went to battle? They went to war with their people so often. But David sent Joab, his general, and they went to battle. But it emphasizes that David stayed at Jerusalem. What happened? Now, when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman what? Bathing. In other words, this woman was probably what? Clothed or naked? Naked. He sees a naked woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. Well, this begins the recording of David's precipitous fall. And he ended up sleeping with this woman, impregnating her, trying to cover it up by having her, her husband Uriah drawn back from the battle of the field to get him drunk, which he did, to get him to sleep with his wife, but he refused to sleep with his wife while his comrades were risking their lives at war. Same thing David should have been doing, right? And he showed more character than David because David was a man after God's own heart, but David had slipped morally here, okay? He hadn't gone out to war. Who knows, this may not have been the very first time he saw her. He may have had this all planned. We don't know exactly. But we know Uriah said, I'm not going to go be with her. And David got him drunk to weaken his defenses, to help inhibitions come out where he'd at least go sleep with his wife. He refused, and he slept in front of David's house, the palace. And David had him sent to the front lines of the war where he was killed. He had him murdered. Then the prophet Nathan sticks his bony finger in David's, mouth, uh, David's face. After he does this first, he gives him a picture because David's not acknowledging his sin. It's going on a year or so. And David won't acknowledge his sin. He's not admitting it, but God shared with Nathan what had happened. And Nathan talked about a, a man who had all kinds of land and sheep and everything, but he had a friend coming over and he wanted to feed him, but he didn't want to kill one of his own sheep. So he took the lamb that was just one lonesome lamb belonging to one guy in his family, and it was their pet. In fact, it slept at the bottom of their bed, like Fifi, 
probably not a Hebrew name though, but you know. And then he grabs, he takes that lamb, he butchers it and feeds his friends. And David said, what shall, uh, Nathan said, what shall we do this man? Woo, man, he, King David wanted to string him up. He says, he shall pay, the, you know, fourfold. He wanted his blood, but he's like, and the law called for a fourfold payment. Four sheep instead of one to be paid back. And David put him in his, in his face and he said to Nathan, Nathan, he pointed, Nathan pointed his bony finger at David's face and said, thou art the man. You're the one that did this. And David came to repentance. His heart broke. And by the way, man, it wasn't just a sexual sin, and I don't have time to get into it because I want to get into how to have victory and some of the problem that we need to continue to unmask, but it started with David looking at porn, a form of pornography, right? Voyeurism, you know, looking at some naked person that didn't belong to him. And it led to this, and it led to worse things. I mean, in his own family, there were sexual sins. One of his brothers ended up, because you're going to reap what you sow, and one of his brothers raped, one of, one of, I'm sorry, one of his sons raped one of his daughters. Oh, and you know how he said four, you know, the four lambs, they're going to be paid back? Guess what? Four of his children were killed. Absalom created insurrection, taking David's kingdom for a time. All hell broke loose in his family. All beginning with pornography. All beginning with, oh, well, I'm just looking. And that look, you know, led to uh, lust, and that lust led to decisions, and those decisions led to, it's like sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. We've got to be very careful, man. Eve looked at the apple, or not the apple. We don't know what it was. I think it was probably pomegranate, but we don't know. She looked at the fruit, right? And she saw that it was desirable to eat. And she could become God. She'd have power. People look at pornography, and they think they could have power over someone, or power over, or they could just be their own God, and they don't follow God's word. Remember Lot's wife? She what? Looked back. The Bible says it's supposed to keep our eyes fixed on the straight and narrow road, amen? And that's huge. It's very, very important. And there's a ton of reasons why we should make sure we're not looking at pornography. Women are made in the image of God. Women are to be praised and honored. The Bible says husbands are to honor their wives, 1 Peter chapter 3, amen? The scriptures say in 1 Peter 3, they are joint heirs with Christian men of the grace of life, amen? They're joint heirs of the grace of life. They're heralded as evangelists and, and, and uh, servants of the Most High God throughout the Scripture. The first person to preach Jesus' resurrection and share it, not as a pastor, but share the gospel with the apostles were women that he has risen. Amen? They're the first ones that did witnessing, you know, when Christ had resurrected. Amen? And they're like Phoebe. They're, they're servants of the Lord. They're awesome in God's sight. They're a picture of the bride of Christ. Amen? Which is the church. Amen? So the Bible gives women this incredibly high place. In fact, they're equal with men in Scripture. In Christ, the Bible says in Galatians 3.28 that in, in Christ there's neither male nor female. Amen? They're created an image from the same, you know, out, out of men, side by side. Amen? Men are given a leadership role, but women are given gifts and things that men are giving, like having babies and, and, and 
the, effem- the beauty of effeminacy, something a lot of men are demonically being inspired to follow, which they're not created to be, with the whole transgender thing going on, as Satan is the author of confusion, not God. And women are a, a picture of the object of God's love in his bride. And part of the mega mysteria and the great mystery of a husband and wife depict the bride of Christ and the groom. That's why Satan assaults marriage. It's the way he wants to reduce women to a piece of meat. And that's what happens through pornography is women, and men too, but women are objectified and they're treated as meat. That's something that is to be exploited for your own physical pleasure and treated like not, not treated as image bearers of God that need to be respected and honored and elevated, but as so much meat. In fact, you know what made that really, really clear? Hugh Hefner. The founder of Playboy magazine, the most popular pornographic magazine ever, Hugh Hefner did a Carl's Jr. commercial, and he was eating a hamburger, and he's talking, they're talking about how they have different types of hamburgers, different types of meat burgers, and he said, for guys who don't want the same thing every night. That was a Carl's Jr. commercial. I'm like, that is in your face, man, and people are just so naive that they compare women to hamburgers. I'm just telling you what the world's doing. And guess what? If you are being conformed to the world rather than being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you are being seduced to treat women like meat, which is a slap not only in God's face, but a trampling of who women really are. Jesus warned that adultery is not something that's just physical. And you should check out last Wednesday's message. I don't know what you're doing midweek, but if you can make it, we have a really cool midweek study. We go in depth in the Word together. And it was all on adultery and what the Bible says about it. And these messages are, are meant to strengthen you in your knowledge of God's Word and, and, and wisdom and your walk with Jesus. But go ahead and listen to that message if you haven't heard it yet uh, and, uh, or watched it. Go, go, go to our, uh, just go to Blessed Hope on, on uh, YouTube and type in Blessed Hope Chapel. And you'll see really quick, up first or second one, you'll see, and just click it, you'll see all our last messages, and a ton of messages are on there. But we got into adultery and how serious it is before. One of the, the seventh commandment is, thou shalt not commit what? Adultery. The tenth commandment also relates to the seventh. There's two commandments that deal with adultery. And it, part of that commandment is, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Amen? God takes us seriously, but he looks at the heart too. You can say, well, I'm not actually being with a woman. I'm just watching pornography. Well, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus would disagree with you, and he's the creator of all things. He's our redeemer. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Catch that? He says, But I tell you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So a man who looks at a woman, he doesn't just recognize she's beautiful to him, but he begins to envision himself with her and lusting after her and enjoying her beauty in a sexual way by just visualizing things, is committing adultery in his heart. And as men, you have to repent of that. And guess what? Men are wired. Let's be honest. This is just straight talk, guys. You know, Chad was just telling me, he said, one of my wrestlers, man, was telling me, he, he goes to another church usually, but he's been coming here, and he says, I really love this church, he goes, because the pastor's just direct, and I need direct, you know? 
So if some of you are saying, this is too direct, there's some young wrestlers here. They need direct. We all need direct. Amen? Your husband might need direct right now. Or you might need direct right now. I just preach it off the page, man. Oh, I have couth. I try to use wisdom. I pray about being sensitive. But there's times where I'm like, nope, not going to be a lot of filter on this because I've got to be faithful to the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So uh, you, if you're lusting, the Bible says in Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. That's why you can sow a character, man, and thereby sow a destiny. Every single man will be tempted. Amen? Let's be honest, man. I mean, unless you're like born a eunuch, right, and have no desires at all, you know, and that's possible. Some people are born eunuchs. But pretty much every man, unless he's born a eunuch, uh, will struggle with temptation. Let's be real. I see as your pastor, I'm a human man. I recognize gals are beautiful. Yeah, I'm not homosexual, that's for sure. Knew that from a young age, okay? And that's something you become, I believe, and not something you're just born with. A lot of times those that become homosexual have been molested, you know, by uncles or babysitters or so forth. But it's interesting. But I take precautions, you know? I, like, I focus on Jesus. Seek Jesus. Follow him. Amen? I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, perfect, but you ask my, my wife and my family, and, you know, they have access to everything in my life. I just follow Jesus, you know? Okay, I have to admit, I've spent a lot of time with my secretary, but she happens to be my wife, Okay? <laughs> And I have another secretary named Mary, okay? She's out for a birthday today. But uh, guess what? With Mary, I don't even go in the office when she's in there. Oh, if she's with my wife, I do. But I rarely even crack the door. And praise God, we have cameras up purposely, okay? So I crack the door if I need to talk to her and I say something, you know? And I think last time I talked to her, we were talking about, she'll have Bible questions about her women's Bible study and stuff at times. And, you know, and we chat. I know her. She's a friend. I love her. But guess what? I don't spend time hanging out alone with her. Amen? And I believe you just put barriers up. Amen? And it's interesting because a lot of men, oh, I'm strong. You know, I don't have the attitude, I'm invincible. I think I did when I'm running and stuff with my knee, you know. <laughs> but spiritually, I know that we're all targets of the enemy, man. So the Bible says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So from the beginning of my ministry, man, it was like a rule. Don't hang out with women alone. If you are one of the elders, and when I make a man an elder, I let him know. If you're going to be an elder, you are not allowed to hang out with women alone. No counseling women alone. No hanging out with women alone. You know. Some, just recently, my, one of my daughters was like, hey, dad, so-and-so is coming over. We're going to be gone. Just let her in. Because her kids are there. My kids are there, and all the kids, and I just let her in. I'm like, I'm like no, I'm not going to do that. That sister's wonderful sister. No problem. Everything would be fine. But guess what? I don't even want the appearance of evil. Okay, I've saved from all appearance of evil. Go, nope, you're going to have to let her know that she can't come here until you get here. Or her mom's here. That was just a week or two ago. Okay? And that's because, you know what? I love my God. I love my family. I love my relationship with my brothers and sisters and the ability to teach them far more than I love junk and evil that just destroys your life. Amen? Amen? Don't let that happen to you. Amen? So create, first application, create biblical boundaries in your life. Create biblical boundaries in your life. We're not hanging alone with women. Well, wait a minute. Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. Hey, if you're at a public well that people go to and you're talking to a woman, you can do that. Okay. I'm not saying, but closed doors, behind closed doors and, you know, and well, where does it say I can't? 
Well, the Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. The Bible says make no provision for the flesh. Those are kind of applications for me of that verse, so I can't give you an exact verse that says you can't go to lunch with your secretary. I can't give you one. But that's how I apply these verses to my life. And it would be prudent of you because far more men fall with their secretaries that spend time with them than those who don't spend time with them alone. How many would say amen to that? Because if you're not spending time with them alone, you're not following with them, right? And a lot of people get in bad situations that they didn't even imagine being in. So it's interesting. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4 says, Marriage is honorable among all. The marriage bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. He's going to judge fornicators. He's going to judge adulterers. That's serious. The marriage bed, when someone's married, that marriage bed is undefiled. Their sexual relationship between God is undefiled. The word undefiled there means uncontaminated in the Greek. It's not contaminated with wickedness. But the Bible says fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. How do we know that? What does it say about that? Severely. In fact, you know what breaks my heart? Most things I read about pornography and Christians, most of those who are warning about it don't warn about the greatest danger. And that is, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In fact, the Greek word uh, fornicator right there is from the Greek word porneo. That's the word we get pornography from. And we already saw that God warns about lusting after women and going after their nakedness, even if you're not doing something physically with them. And it's very, very serious. So serious. How serious? So serious that 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 says, Do not be deceived. Fornicators and adulterers will not, what? Inherit the kingdom of God. That shows me a lot of people are deceived because that's why Paul has to say, even in the first century, don't be deceived about this. Fornicators and adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, he says, Let no one deceive you with vain words after he comes against sexual sin. For those who practice these things will not have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, is how Paul puts it there. And in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the great apostle of grace, amen, saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, the gift of God, not of works as anyone should boast. He saved us by his grace. But the grace of God, he says in Titus chapter 2, teaches us to deny ungodliness and to live soberly and righteously in this world as we wait for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? amen. But in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, he gives a list of the flesh including sexual sin in verse 19. And then he goes on to say in chapter 6, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. He that sows the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life if we continue in well-doing. Guys, you have to continue in the Spirit. Put your eyes on Jesus. Do you want to be saved in the end? How would you like to be in hell for all eternity and say, you know, I just tuned out that sermon. I should have listened that day. Man, I just wanted, I, I put, I, pornography was the, I, I, that was my God. And I refused to let it go and put God first. Do you want that to be your eternal memory? You can't say, God, I didn't know. I'm sorry, I was a fornicator, I was an adulterer. I, was, I put pornography before you, I never knew. You can't say you never knew, okay? Oh, by the way, your conscience would bear witness against you. You would already be in trouble, Amen. But right now, man, the Word of God is bearing witness not against you so you'll be damned, but against the sin so we can make sure we're right with God and saved. Amen? Amen. And Revelation chapter 21.8 says that whoremongers, and the Greek word again is for proneo, sexual sin, from which we get pornography, they will go to the lake of fire. Revelation 22.14 and 15 
It talks about those who are involved in a porneo, sexual sin, will not enter the holy city, the heavenly city. Guys, by the way, this is a crazy thing. Those that get into porn, there is a reduced return on dividends. It's, it, it, be, it dulls the person, their sexuality. No kidding. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more later. But actually, returning, it, there's diminishing returns. Listen up. When you're involved in sexual sin and pornography, and you get into pornography, guess what happens to you? Your sexuality begins to become diminished. You become less and less a sexual person. Isn't that crazy? In fact, it causes, you know, erectile dysfunction. I want to say that real quick. It's, it's, I hate it. I'm driving down the road. I got an eight-year-old kid in me. And by the way, if you have erectile dysfunction, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be asked what that is, you know. You know? But guess what? Pornography does that to men. Isn't that interesting? And they no longer are able to have personal relationships that are satisfying with their wives in bed. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? That's the same. It's just crazy how that works. And it's interesting because that's because God created a place for sex. Marriage, the marriage bed, it says, is not defiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. The marriage beds, guess what? I use the illustration a lot of fireplace. Anybody hear that illustration when I use it? Fireplace is awesome, amen? Man, you have a beautiful fireplace, and it's just warm, looks beautiful. Fire is very mysterious, brings this warmth, the crackling sound. There's just this beauty, man, to a fireplace, man. But you let, the Bible compares sexual sin to fire. And it says, he that is sexually immoral will burn himself with fire. But man, you let that fire out your fireplace? Okay, I don't want boundaries, man. I, I, you know, I should be, have more freedom with fire in my house. Okay, what happens to your house, man? It starts going up your curtains. Your, the walls start burning. Your sofa it burns your whole house down. Your kids are destroyed. Your wife's destroyed. You're destroyed in the end. Same thing with sexual sin, man. Just like a fire should be in a fireplace in your home or cooking on the stove. Sexual, the sexual life that God's given you to have if you're married is to be in the marriage bed. And by the way, I'm just letting you right now, know right now. You know what? Trump sex every time. You're like, but what if I'm single and I don't have a wife? Well, if you have a wife, it says, delight yourself in her breast. Okay? The Bible, you ever read the Song of Solomon? God's not prude. God's the one who invented sex, okay? Satan just distorts it. Keep that in mind. Okay? But guess what, man? You, you just, it's just a mess when you start getting into promiscuity. I've counseled people where the husband, typically it's the husband that I've had to counsel in the past, I've counseled some women as well, but the husbands get into this sexual sin, and they're depressed. I don't see them like a, all beaming with the light of love of life in Jesus. They're like depressed people. It's like, do you even get it? It's not even blessing you in any way, shape, or form. It's just destroying your life. Can I continue to talk plainly to you? Thanks for the permission. I was going to do it anyway, but praise the Lord. Okay, because I love you guys, and I, I need, I need you, why are you here? Because you love this kind of preaching. You love the truth, you know? But the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from every form of evil. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. So a lot of people wonder, what's God's will for me? Your sanctification. First and foremost, God wants you to be saved, justified, right with God through faith in what Jesus did. Amen on the cross. 
His grace, amen? But when you're justified, He begins sanctification in your life, whereby He makes you more like Christ, amen? Because that's the image from which we have radically fallen. That's what the book I wrote, Sparky, The Broken Mirror, is all about. Being remade in the image of Christ, our sanctification. It's His will. And the first thing He says when it says His will for you is sanctification, He says, abstain from sexual immorality. Because sanctified, to be sanctified means to be set apart for God. Amen? To be set apart for God. And by the way, man, if I'm visiting a church, I'm looking for a church, I'm, I'm looking for a church that preaches like this. Amen? Because I want it to be real. Now if I'm like, wait, I like porn more than Jesus, then I'm like, I can't wait till this service is over. Okay, don't be that way, man. You're going to damn your... You know what the Bible says? Listen to this. But whoever commits adultery, this is Proverbs 6.32, whoever commits adultery with a woman, and we saw that you could also do this through pornography, lacks understanding. He that does it destroys his own soul. I preach this way because I don't want you to destroy your soul. And by the way, some of you men might pursue pornography throughout your life and wonder why you never got married. But Jeremiah 5.25 says, and your sins have withheld good things from you. A lot of guys end up not wanting a wife after a while because they're just in, so immersed in pornography. And it's just heartbreaking. And by the way, po- pornography is... I can't even read a lot of things that are happening on popular porn sites when I was studying this. I'm like, what in the world? But it's common now on porn sites to have group sex, heterosexual, homosexual, to have uh, popular videos with, of incestuous sex, uh, bestiality. That's not like just, that's like popular now. How could that happen? In fact, I was reading the Attorney General's Commission on Pornography discovered that, there, that one site had 46 different videos featuring bestiality, men with, and girls with animals, okay? Which is, by the way, forbidden in God's word. A man shall not lay, or a woman shall not lay with an animal, the Bible says, as well. In fact, in the underground pornographic sites, they have scenes of sexual relations between children, three to eight years old, okay? And people in mass, in mass are into this stuff, guys. No wonder there is a hell. You know what I'm saying? And I think these pornographers who are purveying these things will be among, in the lowest, of what we refer to as the lowest hell, or the Bible refers to the blackest of darkness forever. And by the way, guys, come on now. What if you came home today, brothers and sisters, and you went to your home, and you saw that somebody, when you were gone, some enemies, rerouted your sewer line. You didn't know it until you flushed the toilet and all this sewage started coming out in your house. Would you be disgusted? Well, guess what? Some of you are doing that to yourself with spiritual sewage. And that's what this stuff is. In fact, I'd rather be immersed in physical sewage than spiritual sewage. Because if I can't help it, I'm immersed in physical sewage, and that's how I die, absent from the body's presence of the Lord. If you're immersed in spiritual sewage, man... You're incredibly destructive yourself, and you are going to forfeit eternal life. According to the scriptures I just cited, it's so amazing. So we see the deception of pornography. Someone could think that, oh, I'm okay because I'm not really touching a woman. But Jesus says it's a deception. But we also see the destruction that pornography brings uh, to the soul. And it's far worse than that. And 2020, just a few years back, BBC broke a story about Rose uh, Columba. And uh, Rose Columba, uh, she is a 14-year-old who found herself on Pornhub unwillingly, okay? 
A lot of these sites, they invo- they're involved in tr- sexual trafficking. Girls are kidnapped. Did you see the movie Sound of Freedom? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> that was a pretty crazy movie. Made, uh, you know... Uh, I don't have time to get into it because I'm going to digress too much, but it shows sex trafficking and how these kids are being kidnapped in mass, guys. And a lot of them are used, and people a lot of times don't even know when they're watching video whether the adult woman was kidnapped, whether she's sex trafficked or not. And you could be watching a video and you're, you're paying or whatever, or you know, getting, giving the clicks because they got commercial time, I guess, and all that. That's how they make a lot of their money. For you clicking these things, you're supporting sex trafficking. You're supporting sex trafficking. Well, what if the women I'm looking at were never sex trafficked? Well, guess what? You're, you're promoting the suicides of women because a lot of these so-called actresses commit suicide later because of depression and hopelessness and despair because they've been spit out and they got older and they just got this guilty conscience or whatever's going on, often demon possession, and they end up, uh, they end up committing suicide. And if you're clicking their videos, you're promoting all of this stuff or to one degree or another. In fact, it's interesting. The New York Times published an expose titled The Children of Pornhub in 2020. And it brought to light the Pornhub's efforts to continue streaming videos that depicted the rape of, the rape of adolescents. Huge porn site, Pornhub. And they were promoting it. It's interesting because just last week, and it's interesting because I was already working on this message and this article came out on January 23rd. Just 23rd. When was the 23rd? That was just, you know... Not too long ago, last week or so, uh, an email was obtained uh, by 404 Media where Pornham will now require proof of consent from individuals featured in their videos. Don't applaud Pornhub, guys, because uh, it's interesting. Uh, Layla uh, Micklewaite, she's the founder of Trafficking Hub against trafficking, sexual trafficking of women. She asserted that Pornhub does not deserve any credit, she said, because she noted that their change results in hundreds, hundreds of lawsuits and the loss of major business properties or partners because they've been sued over and over again. A lot of people get trafficked and then they're in these videos and so forth. She states that even to this day, the site is still full of videos that are unverified. So even to this day, they got a bunch of unverified videos, she says, because this change takes place from today uh, going forward. However, it isn't, it isn't being enacted retroactively, meaning all the videos that have been re- uploaded to the site previously that were not verified uh, for age or consent are remaining on the site. Oh, well, if they get rid of those, can I look at that? No, you're missing the whole point. You don't look at porn at all, hey man. But just I'm showing you how wicked it gets. And Micklewaite asserts that because they have spent 17 years globally distributing, uh, profiting from, and shattering the lives of countless victims across the world. Okay, brothers and sisters, you don't want to contribute to women committing suicide. You don't want to contribute to the trafficking of women. You don't want to treat women, the diminishing of a woman's who she is by being treated like a piece of meat. And you also want to recognize, my, part of my prayer was, Lord, help me motivate men and young men and women to get away from this, Lord. That's been my prayer. Lord, how can I best motivate them by your word, by your spirit, to turn from this and see how dark it is? And one of the things I thought about doing was showing you that pornography creates brain damage. It does. Studies show that pornography creates brain damage in men and women, by the way. In fact, just, what was it, a week ago or so, there was a woman who just got off for just now, she just has to give 100 hours of community service in Thousand Oaks. 
Remember what happened? Yeah. She stabbed her boyfriend 108 times. Not going to prison for it. Just, I think she's got 100 hours of community service. Because they deemed her insane at the time. How did they deem her insane? Because they said she, was, did, she snapped two bong loads of pot. And the THC level, when I was a pot smoker before I was a Christian, when I was a kid in my teens, was like 4% THC. Now a lot of the pot is 90% THC, the active ingredient that creates the high. And guess what's happening to all kinds of young people? They're going berserk. And that happened back then, too. I mean, I'd be smoking pot with my friends, and we'd smoke some really good stuff sometimes. We would sense them in or Columbia Gold. We thought, oh, this is even look different. And it was so attractive to me because just the buds and stuff it was so demonic, you know. And, I mean, you see a weed kind of shriveled up, it looks, but it shows you the aura around that when you're deceived. Even this day when I see a bud, I'm like, I remember those used to turn me on just looking at them because they'd get me so stoned. It's a deception. It's the eyes again. But you know what? Even those days, man, we're, we're like thinking all kinds of thoughts that are not our thoughts because you open yourself up to demons. In fact, they're hearing voices, a lot of these young people. Oh, they're hearing demons. They're saying, wow, pot causes, they found out, Yale did a big study, it causes schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. And those are words for things they don't totally understand that people start hearing voices to kill people. Well, you open yourself up to the demonic world. In fact, there's a book that came out, a secular book by a non-Christian, a former New York Times writer called Tell Your Children, all about marijuana that came out like four or five years ago. And he was working with a Columbia uh, University uh, professor of statistics. And they were saying, wow, there's a rise of schizophrenia among young people smoking pot. What is going on here? And now they try to say, no, no, well, the statistics show that. Now Yale has been proven. It is. And you know, when I got that book and I bought that book and I started writing, reading his book, the very first page, he quotes a Chinese warning, a proverb. Stay away from marijuana because it opens you up to the devils. That's what the Bible in Revelation four times calls pharmakeia, from which we get the word pharmaceutical, when it talks about illicit drugs. They open you up to the demonic world. I was radically open to the demonic world before I was a Christian. And a lot of it was through drugs, I believe. Well, guess what? Drugs, a lot of times, you know how they work and they get people addicted? They raise the dopamine level into an unexpected area to where you feel so good. And then guess what? It drops. And then you do a drug again, and it raises the dopamine level up high again. But each time you do it, it's not as high as it was. And guess what? Every time it drops, it drops lower than your norm. Are you with me? So I need another drug. But it doesn't get you as high as you were until you go to another drug. That's why we speak of pot as a gateway drug to other drugs, right? And then you do other drugs, and eventually you can't get high anymore. You're just an addict, and you're miserable on the streets. You look at these, a lot of these street people, they're just miserable, and they're trying to get a fix because they can't even get back to normal now where they were before drugs. It's a deception because they get brain damage, and that's what pornography does. It rises your porn. It ri- ri- you need a porn fix to get back to the level you were at when you first looked. But then you get depressed because it, people that are in porn are depressed because it drops below the level. Then you try to get back up, and you can never get back up until you get into guess what? Because what happens is you become desensitized, and then you become addicted, and then you have an escalation because of your desensitivity, and then you turn to worse and worse porn because the porn that was getting you uh, rising your dopamine level, guess what? It's not doing it anymore, so you need more risque stuff. And then it doesn't do it. So then all of a sudden, all kinds of people are into child porn, into, into snuff films, 
into group sex, into orgies, because they started here and they can't get there anymore because it's a vicious, demonic cycle. Are you with me today? Because they have brain damage. And young men, don't get into brain damage. Do you want brain damage, young men? Do you want to become depressed the rest of your life? Do you want to treat women like hamburger? Do you want to promote suicide among porn so-called actresses and promote sex trafficking? These are all reasons to run and not walk to the nearest exit away from pornography. Amen? So there's a lot of problems with porn, guys. A lot of problems. And it's imperative that we recognize that the Bible warns that sin does that. Sin desensitizes you to what's right. In fact, Ephesians 4, 17 says this, So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the pagans or Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. It makes your heart hard. Sin does that. And they, having become callous, sin, pornography, drugs, they'll make you callous, have given themselves over to sensuality. Say they're given over to more and more sensuality. For the practice of, listen to this, for the practice of every kind of impurity, because one kind wouldn't do it anymore, with greediness. Then they just want more and more. They're greedy and they just cannot get satisfied because, as Solomon said, it's like a bubble, you know? But you did not learn Christ in this way. Wow. You know, in Romans 1, it talks about how God gives people over that reject him and his wisdom and who he is to a depraved mind. They're given over to greater and greater darkness. And first it starts with fornication. Then they become homosexuals. Then they become inventors of evil and are filled with murder. By the way, do you know Jeffrey Dahmer? You know Bundy? You know Charles Manson? The most notorious, many of the most notorious serial killers. Manson used to choreograph orgy scenes with his followers. Bundy said it started out with pornography for him. Dahmer said that he would look at pornography to get pumped up to commit serial murders and rape young men. Do you think any of those guys, when they were a little kid, wanted to be a serial killer? No. It starts with a look, guys. Here's some testimonies. One man's testimony. And I just, I read some testimonies just recently, just of just... Uh, Porn ruined my sexual experience as a teen. ED, self-depression. Uh, another one, I'm 42 years old. I've been a heavy addict since I was 16. Three years ago, I lost my wife and daughter because of heavy porn use. The guilt almost killed me. Another one, I admit my brain is corrupted and destroyed by porn. Another one writes, I am an emotional invalid. My addiction to pornography paralyzes my spiritual life, perverts my view of the world, distorts my social life, and destroys any possibility of God using me. And I just can't stop. Lust eats me up, yet it doesn't satisfy. Pornography promises me everything. It produces nothing. Wow, that, they all broke my heart when I read those. Don't let that happen to you guys, gals. Don't, it, it's such an obvious evil. You should, any Christian should know right from the, right out of the gate. Don't get involved in this stuff. Amen. We're called to hate sin and to love the Lord. Amen. I'm looking at my message and I'm like, man, 
I got a ways to go. So is it okay if I do two parts on this message? Do you think it's that important? It is. So part two on adultery will be Wednesday night. Whole different study. Part two on pornography, the last part I'll do on this, will be uh, next. Uh, and a lot, of, and that, a lot of that message will be on application. Because guess how many applications I have to help you have victory? You could probably see in the front the dark APP. One, two, three pages of how to have victory, guys. And you know me. Wait till next week. There'll be more. Okay? Because I want to give you tools. I want to give you tools to have victory. Amen? But you know how your victory begins? Humbling yourself before God. The Bible says, listen up. This is not the time to let your mind wander. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. Because the Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. If you humble yourself, he'll give you his grace, right? If you resist him and you're proud, he gives grace to the humble, but he gives judgment to the proud. If you're like, no, I'm going to do my own thing, then you're asking yourself to be judged. In fact, if you're digging your feet in the ground saying, I'm never going to turn from porn, then why should God let you live even another minute? Why does he just snuff you out right now and then let you go to hell? Because you're just proving that that's who you are for eternity. Don't let that be you. Well, well, maybe he'll give me a chance to repent. Well, yeah, he knows if you're going to repent, if you really want to or not. But don't say, I'll repent later. Because the odds are you'll probably just get harder and harder in your heart. Amen. You've got to repent right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says now is the acceptable time. Amen. This is the time to turn and repent. I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to make your life count in this world. Oh, but the temptation is so strong. You know what the Bible says? That's a lie. Because the Bible says that no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. He himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust. It starts with you. Amen? Okay? And then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin uh, is accomplished, it brings forth death. Then he says, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be deceived on this issue. Oh, yeah, but uh, other people just have better opportunity. You don't realize what I went through. You know what? I don't know what you went through. You might have even been lessened as a child. That doesn't mean you have to give in. Amen? Amen? God loves you. He wants to give you victory. He loves you so much. In fact, the Bible says God's not partial. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, a verse I quoted earlier, says, let no one say when he's, uh, let, uh, I'm sorry, he says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Amen? You need to open your eyes and take heed lest you fall. Amen? And the very next verse says, there's no temptation that's taken you, that's overcome you, but that which is common to man. See, what you go through is common to other people. Many other people went through what you went through, but they still can have victory. You can still have victory. There's no temptation that's overtaking you that's not common to man, but God is faithful, who with the temptation will also give you a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Amen? You may be able to be victorious. Then he goes on to say, flee idolatry. And sexual sin is an an idol if you put it before God. If you put God first, you're not going to be involved in sexual sin. Doesn't mean you won't be tempted. Doesn't mean you won't struggle. Uh, You know, I think it was Martin Luther that said, you can't keep birds from flying around your head. There's birds flying around your head. It's hard to keep them from flying around your head, right? But you sure can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Amen? So yeah, men, you're going to be tempted. Women are meant to be beautiful to us. But... We're not supposed to have women for us as though they belong to us unless we're married to a woman. And if you're like single, praise God. Guess what? The two most radical men I know about when I read the Bible, in my opinion, three maybe, is Jesus, number one, single. The Apostle Paul, single, wrote half the New Testament. Joseph in the Old Testament, 
One of the very few people you read, you don't read about him sinning, and they're all single men. You can have victory in God. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. But the critical thing that you need to do is make sure, first and foremost, that you confess your sins before the Lord. That you humble yourself. I mentioned that. And you tell the Lord you're sorry, right? You have godly sorrow that leads to repentance, which leads to life, it says. So you have a broken heart. You say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? And then you know what you need to do? You say, Lord, you call sin, sin. The Greek word confess is homo legeo. Homo means same. Legeo means word. You say the same words God says. When God says this is sin, you say, okay, this is sin. I agree. I admit this pornography is a sin, God. I confess it's a sin. Please forgive me. And he says he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Amen? You can be made right with Jesus. Amen? That's a beautiful thing. And then he'll give you strength to overcome it. But the Bible says he that confesses his sins and forsakes them will be blessed. But he that refuses to forsake his sins will not be blessed. Will be shamed in the end. Will not prosper, it says. So I want to encourage the name of Jesus. Get serious. You know, say, Lord, have mercy and repent. And guess what? If you're still struggling, make sure you're here next week. Amen? People are missing next week. We're going to say, why are they missing? You know, <laughs> make sure you're here next week because I'm going to give you a lot of keys to victory. Amen? Because it's an ongoing battle that you'll still fight later, but you can have victory if you put Jesus first. Amen? Amen. Stop hating God. Stop hating your wife if you're married. Stop hating your kids because that's what you're doing if you're putting pornography before them. You're supposed to hate evil and love God and your wife and your children or your husband if you're into it and you're a woman. Well, women aren't really into porn. Have you ever heard of the literature, what's it called? Something shades of what? Gray? A lot of women, I don't want to say it. I know he's talking about, you know, different shades of gray. I forget what it's called. That's pornography, guys. And more women, 32% of women read sexual pornography. Oh, but it's not porn. That sure is porn. What else is it? They don't want your husband reading about relationships between another woman. You know, it's just liter liter literature. It's porn in the form of literature. Get away from all this stuff, amen? Get close to Jesus. Let's pass out the cup and the bread. Could everybody please stand?